Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Texting. You already know who's here. Me, Chelsea Pinky. You actually don't know who's here because you never know what's gonna happen. But Cybrat <laughs> is here as well. Um, how goes it? On red or reply. You know, just one of them days. We're coming to you live in the middle of a work day. Allegedly. No, we should. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, Allegedly. <laughs> I'm on my lunch. I'm on my lunch. But I gotta go back to work after because I work diligently at my job. Mm. Convincing. <laughs> mm. No comment. Well, I will jump right in. Um, I have nothing to leave on red this week. Well, I'll leave on red that I have to go to the gym daily to maintain my body, and that is exhausting and it hurts. Um, but, you know, such is life. I'm going to reply to. Bama Rush talk. Wow. I know the girls were on it last year, but it is something else. It is a sight to see. If you don't know, the white sororities have their rush week right now. Um, I don't know how it works for the Divine Nine, to be honest, so I won't even comment. But apparently, Alabama State university or Alabama I don't even know what fucking school it is but the, it's a big Greek culture unfortunately I, I I know enslaved people built these um built these sorority houses because they are gigantic look like the <laughs> damn white house and the white women just be popping out dancing to black music and there's definitely lots of cultural appropriation and problematicness happening however I am not alone I've been tapped into a group of many black millennial women that are obsessed with Bama Rush. I think the fascination really lies in just how foreign and odd it is and the fact that it is real. Um, There's also a huge thing of like the few black girls that are like rushing and everyone's like rooting for them. So they're like, I don't know, you're throwing up gang signs of your sorority maybe. But they're like, all the black girls are like, oh, did you tap into Jalen's outfit today for like oh my God. volunteer day? Every day is a different day. They rush for days, like 10 days or something crazy. Um, and so, you know, we rooting for our black girls if they really want to join the sorority. So be it. I'm not judging that they chose to join a white sorority. And we're going to support them. Um, the outfits are everything. I did not know that skorts and hokas and golden goose was like the white girl uniform but i'm into it i'm fascinated by the subculture if you want to get deeper watch the documentary on uh hbo okay so everyone did they have the any black girls on it they did they had two black girls if I'm okay there's a biracial girl okay look at me i was kind of her as black and she really 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 wants to 
I'm not going to ruin it. Just go watch it. It's but then really... all the girls were dragging it. They were like, they didn't even show you anything. Yeah, because ev- the... Well, you can't show everything. You I can't show the rushing. And everybody allowed. was freaked out. That, that like there was out. Yeah, they thought people had, um, you know, mics inside of the rush. People got kicked out of the rush. It was, like, really intense. One girl dropped out of the documentary midway because she didn't want to, like, you know, jeopardize her chances of joining. Right. Um, but the whole documentary is really just about, like, girls... Uh, desperate reaching like desperately reaching for acceptance and belonging there are consultants something yeah yeah they show the consultants they show the consultants on the in the movie get in well if you choose to go to a school like alabama that's entrenched in the culture right if you're not greek you're not having a social life a goddamn independent yeah, yeah. Like, this girl, one of the black girls on the show, they asked her on the movie. They asked her why she didn't do like a divine nine, and she said, mm. "To be honest, I didn't think I was going to have the type of college experience that I would have wanted to have if I didn't pledge one of these. I think they call them panhellenic or something. Yeah, sororities. Panhellenic. I'm wearing yeah. my panhellenic. I'm wearing my skirt right, like, this from is blah blah. And well, then then I just like that's like the umbrella of all the sororities. Oh, that's what they're called. The my rings are panhellenic council. It's like the documentary also talked about how they have like something called there's like a secret society within the sorority and fraternity Greek life at Alabama that like runs the campus. They put people in student government. They like place people in all positions of power. They like rig elections and it's like really dark and scary or whatever. And nobody wants to talk about it. Wow. And they meet in some basement and like there's a dark side. Oh, I'm sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, the last thing, sorry, because I know this has been going for a while. Um, Kiki Palmer, I'm just going to play the clip. It's Kiki Palmer and Usher. You can't hear anything right now. You're just seeing Mm-mm. Usher and Kiki Palmer. So they're coming out with a song. Hmm? Oh. Messy. She said, what did he say? Somebody I should say, say somebody said that your me. boyfriend's looking for me. And Kiki Palmer's in the video? Yes, yeah. it's a Kiki Palmer and Usher song. No. Oh, Kiki's singing. No. It's, it's Get a rid of it. Oh, so it's, it's even a stunt. This is a stunt. Yeah. I'm screaming. Uh, I'm we screaming. don't want that. Get rid of it. I'm yeah, screaming. Just make this song. I think it's all hilarious. I don't care if it's a stunt. I don't care if it was pre planned, post planned, mid planned. Hilarious. She's hilarious. I'm here for it. And I love Usher, obviously. <laughs> I'm done. I digress. I can't wait to get off with you so I can tap in with the girls for day four and see what they're wearing. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I can go. I also don't have an on red, but I'm gonna reply to um this concert that I went to over the weekend. The artist, his name is Arthur Verokai. He's Brazilian. Um, really interesting story. He had a self-titled album come out in 1972 that like just didn't hit nobody listened to it and then like in the 2000s it became um like a cult favorite like in the states specifically because a lot of like hip-hop artists and rappers started sampling his songs and their music so it was really cool i went to this um this free event uh in lincoln center hosted by a group called jazz is dead ali shaheed muhammad is one of the founders of it and it was sort of like a 50 year 50 years of hip-hop event because they were acknowledging like how much um arthur's music has influenced hip-hop 
Um, and it was just super interesting to think about how, like, he's in his 80s, I want to say, and just now is doing his, like, first world tour or, like, big tour in the States. And just, like, you know, life is so wild. Like, he dropped this album. Nobody was checking for it. And now it's been, like, totally revived. He had a whole orchestra. He was, like, leading the orchestra. He even kind of rapped on stage at some point, at one point, which oh. was so cool and kind of tied everything together. Um, and it was just dope. I recommend you guys checking out his music. What's his name again? Arthur Verokai. Mm-hmm. That's spelled V-E-R-O-C-A-I. Cool. Um, I am replying to the fact that you can now mark a text message as unread. I did not yes. know that that was a feature. Um, and that wow. is something that I struggle with. Like, I will reply in my head and then the message gets lost because it's not highlighted. But yeah, um, you can do that now, like emails. So I think that's super cool. Accidentally you discovered do that? it. Well, you show me offline, child. No, for those y'all who don't know, I can show you. Y'all be talking about me them. like, I be late. And y'all don't know how to do these things? I've and never hold, heard of it. You go to the text, mm-hmm. hold on to it, and then it'll come up with options. And one of them is mark as unread. You can also swipe Mine doesn't say that. Swipe over and do it like that. Oh, you so. have to be out, out out of the chat. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, get out of the chat and then just Boom. hold on oh, yeah, to it. Oh, yeah, that's easier. And then The do... one that Shade just showed us. Oh, I don't know. I do it do all the time. Um, okay, and then... <sighs> that's clutch. I am leaving on red just... And it's kind of related to the episode. Just like me feeling like there needs to be a third party... Like, I feel like I'm not rich enough to be a Democrat and I'm not selfish <laughs> enough to be a Republican. So it's just like, I don't really know where to go. The Dems, they take all the money that I try to make and don't <laughs> give me anything for it. And mm-hmm. the Republicans just don't give a shit about anyone. So I need like another option. Heard you. I don't fit into either of these categories. But I yeah. know I have to vote. Mm-hmm. I know. And just fucking any mini mini mow it. <laughs> if it's if it's Sleepy Joe again, I'm I'm definitely gonna be upset about casting my vote. I'm not even gonna lie. That is absolutely who it will be. It's gonna be him versus Trump. That nigga's so old. Isn't Joe Biden like eighty seven? I mean, unless he passes away and i'm not saying that i hope he does because i know you guys killed that man in utah for threatening him oh. but oh he's only 80 wow this nigga looks like he's, he's got the weight of the world death's door i mean he's the president of this country that must Ooh. be stressful imagine mm, i don't know but um damn he is old. That's bad. There's nobody else in talks. Cornell West. It's going to be Joe Biden. <laughs> you didn't see that Cornell West said that he was running? He's no, just going to take Democratic votes. Oh, God. Everybody like five just of crawls them. out the woodwork. I thought uh, Marianne the witch was going to run again. God. <sighs> no. I like not that witch be, lady. She's not going to be our Democratic candidate. I like the witch lady. She has oh, great podcasts. Um, yeah. And she's 71. Shit. Well, she looks pretty good. I can't even lie. She does look <laughs> a little more spry. Yeah. Not like 
Oh you know boy. what? Let me not let me not talk about the the elderly. Let's not be ageist. You know, but mm. well, you know. well. Um, for the sake of time, I think we're just gonna breeze on over the hotline bling and jump into our guest. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. We are so lucky today to be joined by our dear friend and our councilman, Chi Osei. He is the council member for New York City's 36th district, representing Bed-Stuy, and North Crown Heights. He entered politics as an organizer and prominent figure in the Black Lives Matter movement. And at just 23 years old, Chi was elected in 2021 as the youngest member of this council, and its only member hailing from Gen Z. His work is focused on implementing innovative and human-centered public safety solutions and investing in solving New York's housing crisis. Thank you so much, because I know these rent prices killing people. Mm-hmm. More broadly, he recognizes the immense power of municipal spending as an outspoken advocate for budget justice. And in his first term already, he passed life-saving legislation to provide anti-overdose medication to bars and nightlife establishments across the city and a legislative package to tackle Gotham's public enemy number one, the rats. The rats? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And we're super excited to get into it. And you are our black man, our, our councilman doing shit. How about that? Oh my God. Black girls texting. Thank you so much for having me on. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, group chat. We're here to talk to you more about Starface. Oh my God. I can't scroll through my Instagram or TikTok feed lately without seeing those fun star shaped pimple patches from Starface. Oh my God. Same. Celebs like Bella Hadid and Dua Lipa are always wearing them out and about too. I get the hype, honestly. They're so cute, and I kind of look forward to getting a breakout. Plus, they actually really work. Hydrostars are made from 100% hydrocoilate, which means they're great for absorbing fluid and minimizing any redness while they shrink your spots. I also love that they come inside the cutest yellow compacts that holds all your stars and has a mirror for easy application. I'm super excited because Starface just dropped the newest addition to their compact collection called Big Blue. Each compact is filled with 32 of Starface's Hydrostar and salicylic acid patches, a powerful formula that's been named the best pimple patch by Cosmopolitan, Glamour, Bustle, and Women's Health. I love those blue stars so much. They're my favorite for shrinking deeper pimples that need a little help coming to the surface. And if Big Blue isn't your thing, Starface has a full lineup of Hydrostar pimple patches for whatever mood you're in. There's the original yellow, an extra large size, a colorful multi-pack, a solid black, and they always have cool limited edition drops that go really quickly. So group chat, listen up. If you're ready to start celebrating and decorating your pimples, you can shop the entire Starface collection at starface.world. And for a limited time, all BGT listeners are getting 15% off their first purchase when you enter the code TEXTING at checkout. Again, that's 15% off your first starface.world order with the code TEXTING. Discount excludes limited edition items. That's TEXTING, T-E-X-T-I-N-G. Tell them we sent you. Bye. Audible proudly celebrates 50 years of hip-hop, 50 years of culture that birthed the most prolific storytellers of our time. Respect the movement, respect the moment, celebrate storytellers. 
Hear brand new hip hop memoirs, podcasts, and exclusive musical performances on Audible free all summer long. Like new volumes from Audible's groundbreaking words and music series, including Snoop Dogg's From the Streets to the Suites, Yaslin Bay's A Dynamic Career in Communication, and Lil Kim's The Audacity of Lil Kim. DJ Drama's Gangsta Grills featuring the mixtape legend in conversation with hip hop greats like 2 Chain, Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Jeezy, T.I., and Pharrell. Bingeworthy, audible original series like The Greatest Day that takes the listeners inside the making of hip hop's greatest photograph, XXL's magazine's iconic. 1998 cover that saw over 100 of the day's greatest hip-hop artists assembled for one legendary image. Chuck D's Can You Dig It? about how a gang peace treaty in the Bronx set the stage for the rise of hip-hop culture. Or The Motherload, featuring hip-hop heavies like MC Light and Angie Martinez, retracing the history and future of hip-hop through the lens of its most influential female contributors. Hear unforgettable hip-hop originals like these and more essential stories on Audible. Listen free. Go to audible.com slash forever. All right, y'all. It's time to group chat. Well, we're going to jump right in. Um, Let's do it. Super curious for people who don't know. Um... Want to get into your journey getting into politics. I know that when we briefly spoke, you shared that you kind of had a background in like nightlife. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, give us the journey. Ahead. Totally. Yeah. I, I never thought I would run for office before. I have a very unconventional journey to to politics, especially when I speak to some of my colleagues who are, are doing the same work that I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I always say that being born black in this country is political in and of itself. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone on this podcast knows this. Uh, my family, you know, was was political in terms of raising me to be aware of, of my surroundings, how I was perceived, the politicians and government that were either working for us, with us, uh, or against us. Um, I remember in 2008, I was nine years old and I was so excited by Obama's campaign for president. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though he's maybe more of a controversial figure these days, um, I was just really excited by seeing how campaigning uh, worked and how it ex- inspired people to to want to, to be better people and live in a better country. Um, it wasn't until like 2016 when I was 18 years old, a senior in high school and cast my first vote. Uh, for an individual, and that was Bernie Sanders. I, I really loved how he engaged young people into the fold of, of politics. Uh, but I still never thought I was going to run for office before. Um, always had this interest in hospitality and cooking. Um, ended up going to school for a little bit, dropping out for personal reasons. And when I moved back to New York City, um, I worked in a couple restaurants here and there and then ended up working in nightlife at 19 years old and was promoting parties, putting together parties, um, having a lot of fun while doing it. Um, Met a lot of people um, in New York who are still my friends to this day. Um, And when the pandemic hit, it completely turned, I mean, all of our work upside down, especially nightlife. And um, I was at the standstill in life and, and not knowing what was next for me. 
um, without a college degree, seeing the world in the way that it was. And I distinctly remember, and I'm sure we, we all do, um, that moment when that video of George Floyd mm -hmm. uh, being murdered was was surfaced on, on Twitter and the internet. And I was so unable to turn a blind eye to what I was seeing. And I think that was because I was in a quarantine and I had to I was on my phone, you know, throughout the, the, the day and entirety of, of, of my time um, in quarantine. And I was so pissed off by what I saw. Um, I left my, my quarantine to protest. And every single day after that, I, I organized some of the, the protests that took place in New York City at the time. I founded an activist collective. And one thing went to another and I decided to, to run for office. Stop me if I'm, like, fully challenged too much no and, no you know <laughs> wait can i ask a quick question totally yeah. is there is there like new obama information or is this kind of like the same <laughs> like what like what happened well, yeah what happened to obama um so i guess like i lean more on the left of the political ideological yeah uh zeitgeist and when you're terminally online like a lot of leftists are um, you find out things about our presidents and all of our presidents basically are war criminals. Like Obama has given yes. like okay to like send drones to bomb little brown kids in the Middle East. Yes, um, yes. And that's not good, right? Not like yes, um, yes, yes. But I'm like, okay, yes, I knew this. I'm like, is there new news? Like what happened now? And like, I mean, same old, same old. Obama, His sexuality like, I, is being questioned right now. I saw that. Someone, someone said he's bisexual, right? Yeah, apparently a that. letter... Uh, one of his ex-girlfriends, a white woman, um, shared a letter <laughs> um, that in which he basically described that he had thoughts of having sex with men, but he chose to not act on them. I'm saying it in other words. Yeah. yeah. That's super I, appropriate I about that, that woman too. to do. That's weird. Also, like, she waited a very long time to release that. Right? That could have been a hot saying? topic a long time ago. Why is this a <laughs> thing? Okay. I don't know why it's a thing, but, um, you know, I I think Obama isn't the worst thing ever. And I really respect that. I, I love that we had a black president, but I still feel like he could have done so much more. Um, he could have gotten rid of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. Mm. Um, but instead, she wanted to to, yeah. to to die on that on that court. Yeah, that's a controversial <laughs> thing to say. She should have got she should have hopped out and we should have gotten someone else in. Yeah, no, you're president. not wrong. I wonder that because you are so young. So mm -hmm. I wonder if you have opinions on age as it relates mm. to politics. We see so many of our political mm -hmm. figures and they're like about to die. Yeah. Um, do you think there should be age limits? Totally. Um, there's this word that's going on, going around right now called like we're living in a geriatocracy. Mm -hmm. so, like, geriatrics are like running our country. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> What we're seeing right now is elder abuse. Like, I don't know if you've seen Senator Dianne Feinstein, but she's this senator yes. um, who is like, like, she, maybe she's she was a trailblazer in the past, but she needs she needs she needs this. It, it's unfortunate that some of these people don't know where they are, but they're making decisions on, you know, things that are going to affect our lives and the lives of our children, you know, and, and the world that they won't be around for. Um there should definitely be age limits in, in government and in politics. Um, it's it's when it comes to issues like climate change and and then, again things that are going to affect us. Like mm -hmm. I think we should have people that are going to be here um, when when those uh, catastrophes and issues are going to be more.
So yeah, I do believe in age limits. Um, it's not ageist. It's just, it's just what should happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of leads me to think about this conversation around you being um, in Gen Z um, mm-hmm. and just the way a lot of youth are leading politics. Um, we were dem- DMing about this. There's like a new pack that's mm-hmm. really focusing on recruiting mm-hmm. young people, um, particularly to run for state legislator and Congress. Mm-hmm. Tell us more. Tell us your thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. So David Hogg, who's one yes. of the founding members of March for Our Lives, uh, which is a huge anti-gun violence organization. He was a survivor shooting. Um, this guy is so young. I, I met him a couple weeks ago in D.C. when I went out to this conference for this organization. I think he's called, 23. He can't yeah, even, like, younger run. Than me. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's younger than me. And I, I, I feel old sometimes when I'm, like, in at these conferences because I'm on the Ciao. older end of Gen Z. I am on the older end of Gen Z. I'm 25. You know, I, I yeah. still I still know like millennial culture a little bit. Um, not really the things that you guys talk about though. Sometimes, sometimes a lot of the references. <laughs> true. Answer. I got something blasphemous you said the other day. It was like some song we referenced. Chelsea, I was at some like some party with them and they were talking about something and I was like. <laughs> Like, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let me really? just say, I feel the same way. We were at Essence, and they were screaming every Jill Scott lyric, and I was like, "Wow, they are aunts." I don't know what's going on. Mm. You shouldn't admit I'm with that, you, Chelsea. Gen Z. <laughs> Do you think saying someone has like big auntie energy is a is a derogatory thing? No, no, it's just no, a fact. right. It's, they have auntie energy. You guys have auntie energy, and you're mad young, of course, but you have great auntie energy. I am a whole ass auntie. She's I a real auntie. I really embrace it. I'm about to go pick up my kid in Chicago. I think it's a compliment, actually. Yeah. I think it's a compliment because I think, like, some people could take that as an offensive thing as, like, you're calling me old. But mm-hmm. you got, people say I have dad energy. So. Oh, we have to get to that about how you're ready to be barefoot and pregnant. But we'll <laughs> circle back. What? Are, did, are you putting that's, words in the council? That's, what we're, that's what we're getting up to on no. the podcast? <laughs> Barefoot I'm like, and pregnant? I'm like back to the original right. quest. Yeah, I don't even remember. Of course. Right. Um, the importance that Gen Z yes. will be playing in politics. Leaders We Deserve. Yeah, Leaders We Deserve is an organization who was founded by David Hogg and a couple other young leaders, um, which is, is really going to put their money where their mouth is, right? There's so much money in politics. Uh, funneling money into politicians that are working against us, whether it's uh, trying to strip uh, abortion rights away from women, uh, whether it's uh, putting money into the pockets of the NRA so that they can continue to, to spread guns across this country. Uh, this PAC is, is trying to raise money to elect, um, you know, really confident uh, young people who are unbought and unbossed, like Shirley Chisholm said, um, who will really stand up to big money and these corporations and, and create the change that, that our country uh, truly needs. So I'm on the advisory board for this organization. Um, I'm really excited Amazing. about, you know, the work that they're going to be putting into uh, a lot of these races that we'll see on the congressional level and, and some state legislators. What do you say to young people about the importance of just being civically engaged, like voting in local elections? Like we've had yeah. lots of conversations about this on mm-hmm. our show throughout the years. And we know many people who are like disillusioned by mm-hmm. politics and voting and think that their mm-hmm. votes don't count. And I think it's really indicative that you see the importance of it, that you chose to yeah. get involved on the, you know, city level. 
Local so level? Local, local level, yeah. Local um, level? I, I think local government, and I'm obviously a little biased in saying this, is like the foundation of our, our democracy. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so many people are conditioned to we, – we, we put the importance of voting um, – it's important to vote across the board, right? But whenever we have that conversation, it only comes into conversation on the national or federal level, like once every four years. Vote in the presidential election, vote in the presidential election. And that's why people, uh, young people, people across the board of, of, of all age ranges thinks, think that there's only an election one, once every four years. There's an election every single year. Um, no, two elections every single year, right? A primary election and a general election. Um, these are important facts for us to know. And when people are solely voting um, in federal elections and presidential elections, yes, the, the president is, is important. Um, and of course, the decisions that, that he or she or they makes um, is, is important. But um, there's a muck that exists in Washington, D.C., like a mud that exists there that really makes change so hard to, to come into fruition, right? When we're trying to see um, you know, student debt canceled or affordable health care. Uh, these are things that are controversial um, in our bipartisan um, or, or partisan system or two-party system here in this country that it takes so long for, for some of these, these major changes to happen. And because of that, when people only vote once every four years, they're putting all their eggs into uh, their basket once every four years, and they feel as if nothing is changing based off of how they voted. Uh, so they think that their vote is a waste of time. I think that if people voted in local elections and really paid attention to the people that they are electing, um, especially given the platforms that they are running on, they would regain their trust within democracy and within their vote, right? Um, I have people that come to my office wanting like a new trash can on their corner or composting bins or fixing, you know, a cracked street. And when you get to see that tangible change in your neighborhood, you're seeing your vote actually Mm -hmm. do something in your community. Right. Um, I think that's something that 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 is so important to to moving our democracy forward and regaining trust between, um, you know, a constituent and, and their right to vote. Um, so many people feel as if they're wasting their time every year yep. or every four years because immediate changes that they want to see are not coming into fruition. And even though there may be some changes like inflation uh, stabilizing or, um, you know, the minimum wage going up, which it, ha- which it hasn't in decades, it takes a lot of time for that to really feel like, you know, something has, has changed and um, many people don't notice it. Right. So vote in your local races are so important. I, I wonder for the people that that actually feel like we don't have any time. Like I am always like the world is literally ending. There's mm-hmm. impending doom. We're all in little coastal elite cities. Mm-hmm. So we're bubbled in. But when I went to North Carolina at the library, they had mm-hmm. books caged that people are not allowed to read or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. them teaching what? kids in Florida that mm-hmm. slavery was a good thing. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like like people really need to like it's not a joke like we need to start moving absolutely and i think that my same point about like waiting every four years to vote like we need to be be getting involved every single year paying attention to what's happening in our local communities cities uh and whatnot i mean I, i will speak to the fact that even though it feels like on a global level the world is coming to an end or that things are very scary for my 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 for my peace of mind, I really try not to think that big. Um, and I know that that's a really bad soundbite to say, but 
I'm able to manage the problems that I have at hand on a local level by not being so overwhelmed or anxiety driven by the many different crises that are happening across our country or across the globe. I think so many people want to help, um, you know, whether it's the three of you on this call or even people that are listening. But then when they think about how they can help, they get too afraid or, or daunted by the fact that there are too many issues in the world so they can't bear to even start on one of them to, mm-hmm. to solve that issue. But if we think on a very local or, or minuscule level, um, something that is more like community driven, your neighbor next door, even if it's you just helping them bring their groceries inside or something. Um, I think those uh, contributions to, to society is really how we do um, make ourselves feel um, peace, but also uh, make our community safer, make our world a bit safer as well. But yeah, I mean, things are pretty shitty right now uh, in, in state legislatures in, in Florida and in, in Virginia. They're really trying to, to overturn history. But I think we really need to be focused on where we are so that we're keeping our ducks in a row where we are rather than worrying about, you know, something that's somewhere that's that's far away from, from where we are. And of course, we stand in solidarity with our, our brothers and sisters and in, in, in where that's happening. But Let's 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 make sure that we have um, our roots in our community uh, strength right where we live. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I love it that. It's a great mm. way of maintaining some sort of hope. Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that, you know, there definitely is a need for hope. And, and you bring that in a lot into how you approach social media. So mm-hmm. it definitely has the Gen Z flair, mm-hmm. um, really keeps things like, young and fresh and relatable mm-hmm. as you're thinking about social media do you ever get concerned with like respectability politics or how like an older generation might be viewing you mm-hmm. what is your approach yeah that's I, I love that question and my response to it is i think i've, I've, I've been changing as a person while mm. i've been a politician for the past couple of years um i think that i've been very aware of of my age in terms of how maybe some older constituents or voters um you know view how i exist on social media but i always try to remind myself that my authentic personality through how i speak to people how i knock doors and talk to voters how i interact with folks online has always been my 100 percent self right I, i think politicians are so hung up in not being themselves and that's why they get caught in buffoonery and Mm. get into trouble when they show who they really are and um you know i again took a very unconventional path to government and to politics and uh something that i think even you know gave like lined me up to to win my seat was being brutally honest about Mm -hmm. uh who i was where i came from my lack of experience my life experience uh, my humor, my my uh, connection to the internet, right? I'm a child of the internet. So I, I try to be um, and bring me uh, to everything that I do within governing and within politics. And I, uh, with my content, I try to make it entertaining, right? Politics yeah. and government is so um, inaccessible because of how mundane and boring it is. But um, I want to, I'm, I'm not, I'm neither of those things. So I, I want to engage folks who have never been engaged before in, in, in governments, in my community, in politics. I want to show a different side of Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights, right? That may not be portrayed um, mm-hmm. through the media or through, you know, local news. 
Um, mm. I want to educate people in a way that does not feel like I'm preaching to them, which is what a lot of politics and, um, you know, things that people don't want to get involved with usually is, right? So I, I think um, my content is, 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 is very me and hope it's fun for people. I think it's entertaining for, uh, you know, some of the people that, that follow me. And I think that it makes them want to pay attention to who their local elected official is. Um, you know, of course, there are some haters and some naysayers, but it's always been um, an outpouring amount of, of love and support rather than, um, you know, hate and, and people critiquing what I do. Also, the last thing that I will say is that I've, I've used social media as a tool to, to organize people, right, mm -hmm. uh, to, to get them involved in, in government and in politics. For example, uh, the Rent Guidelines Board, which is a, a mayoral appointed board of individuals that vote every single year uh, on how much our rent goes up if you live in a rent stabilized unit. Uh, they meet um, once every a couple times every year to, to, to discuss how much they want to increase people's rent. And this past year, they were proposing to increase people's rent by 15 percent um, or 16 percent for two year leases and 8 percent for one year leases, which is ridiculous, given the fact how expensive rent is already so expensive right. in the city. And this this board, they hold hearings where people get to attend and speak about what um, this this proposed increase would do. And we made it to my, my office made a TikTok. I made a TikTok um, telling people about this, telling people to come out to a hearing where they could voice their their concerns about this. And at a hearing where there's usually 16 to 20 people that show up, we turned out over a thousand people all Whoa. testifying against what these rent hikes would do. And the final vote of the rent guidelines board was they were going to increase rents for two year leases by 2.5 percent and one-year leases by a little over 1%. And even though any increase in rent is bad, it's That's not huge. 16% or yeah. 8%. Right. That's because we were engaging people to come out in a process that leaves them out far too often. That is such an amazing thing that you did and such a huge win. Like I saw people sharing that video who weren't even from Brooklyn, like <laughs> much less New York. That's mm -hmm. how viral I feel like that particular um, effort went and... It's just so smart, too, because a lot of people are getting their news from social media. So mm -hmm. why not use that as a tool to mm -hmm. get get the word out there? It's so smart. Mm -hmm. um, I had a question to you about the our like two party system. Mm -hmm. um, when I talk to a lot of people, they're feeling like both sides are kind of extreme. Mm -hmm. um, so and there was like a new poll that came out that people feel like the left is very extreme. You know, they don't necessarily want their and this is quotes from, you know, what I read, they don't want their kids learning about 72 genders or things like that. And the right is way too extreme because teaching children that slavery was good is also ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Do you think that we'll ever see a third, a strong third party um, in our lifetime? Mm -hmm. So I want to I want to talk about one of your points, and I know you were making you were quoting something, but I feel like this this discussion of like the left is too extreme and the right is too extreme is is such a ridiculous argument to have, right? On one side we have like AOC, and then like on the other side we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. AOC will be promoting you guys be whoever you want. If there are seventy two genders, which I, I'm not sure if that exists, I think that's don't I mean I may hyperbole, have to do that. yes, I, right. hyperbole, but. I always think that's a bit hyper, hyperbolic when, when that is said. But if you're trying to teach people that they could be whoever they want, whoever they are, um, and that they'll, you'll give them the, the, the tools to know whoever they are, maybe some people see that as extreme. And on the other side, you see someone who's like, 
no, we need teachers to have guns and uh, machine guns in our schools, and we need more guns. I think those two types of extremes are like vastly different, right? Um, but I do think that our two-party system is not helping anyone. I do think that um, we need more parties in this country. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll get there. I actually do not have um, that much faith or um, even a vision of what that looks like um, in this country just yet. You know, I am a Democrat and I do vote on the, on the Democratic line. And I do believe that there's space for people with my politics there. Um, but I do think that if there were to be uh, multiple parties, I do not believe that the Democratic Party should split into two because that would just give give way to the Republican Party to continue uh, winning. So, um, you know, I think that there, there should be more options. Unfortunately, we don't have them. Um, I wish I had the answer in terms of when we will or if that, that will, um, you know, come into fruition, but I don't have an answer for you there wish we had a third choice where, you know, the right was not as powerful as it is. Or, mm. you know, I do say that um, the reason I can definitely see there being multiple parties in this country, but the reason I would not be supportive of that is because I think the Democrats would split. Like when you think about Republicans and why they're so unified, it's because they have one answer for everything. They say no to everything. Mm. Healthcare, no. Uh, affordable housing, no. Uh, abortion access, no. LGBTQ rights, no, right? They are more unified in, in their response to something because their response is no. Democrats were like affordable housing, yes, but we want it to look like this way. And then another Democrat will be like, no, I want it to look like this way. Yeah. And that's why we have, we, we say yes to, to things that, 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 that we deserve and that we need, but our yeses look different um, mm -hmm. than, than another Democrat's, uh, you know, idea of what the future should look like. So, um it's going to be tricky to see how that comes into to, to fruition in this country. But um, I, I think that it's it's not helping us that we're just a two-party system. That's super yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, like, really accurate. Like, even when there can be, like, extremes on the Republican mm -hmm. side, for the most part, people will be like, mm, well, you know. I don't want to see this go to shit, so I'm just saying no anyways. <laughs> Even yeah, yeah, if you are yeah. <laughs> kind of leaning more towards a yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also curious to learn more about how, you know, you were saying that sometimes you'll get criticized. How do you handle that criticism or like the trolls? Do you ever kind of get freaked out? Because um, people say some really mm -hmm. violent things mm -hmm. and like, kind of extreme things so how's that been navigating that and like yeah. you're like a public figure you're mm -hmm. out, outside mm -hmm. that's so true yeah I, I i definitely gotten throughout the years my skin has gotten thicker for sure um i remember like the first co comments i used to get i'd take everything to heart but i get them so much now that like um it's it's kind of become background noise mm. um I've gotten a couple death threats before, and those are definitely scary, and they're always very racial. But compared to some of my colleagues, most especially like women of color, black women, comparing the hate and you know the death mm. threats that I get and the amount that I get compared to them, it makes me feel like I I, I don't I've, I've significantly less things to worry about. Yeah. Um, the way that these 
people that hate us speak to women of color more is is something that is i think i would have a different response to to, to this question than if if i were a woman of color um wow. i will say that um a lot of these trolls on twitter like when you go to their profiles they're like tweeting all goddamn day i'm a child of the internet as i said before i know how to troll right back i like <laughs> i like playing around with them sometimes on the internet sometimes <laughs> they'll make these silly photos of me and i'll be like what what are y'all doing like they're just they're they're a mess and um like when you look at even there's so much there's, there, there's that much of a mess that there's this option on twitter where you get to see how many times like people have tweeted like in their entirety of owning their their twitter and I've been on Twitter since like 2014 and was didn't like my OG account switched to like my professional account now. So I've been tweeting, I've been on there for a little bit. Some of these people, I tweeted like 5,000, 5,500 tweets in my life on that account. Some of these people are tweeting like 95,000 tweets. Oh my like gosh. I, these people are in cells. <laughs> no they're, 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 it's sad. They're, they're, yeah. it's sad and. They live um, on that. They live on they that. They live for and, that. And I don't want to give it to them unless, like, I'm really feeling, like, a little goofy. So Some of them yeah. be eating. Some of them be – some of them make me laugh. Like, I swear <laughs> to you, some of them really do make me – and they see something that I don't do. Like, they'll be like – and I, 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 I like to talk shit and, like, laugh and, and giggle, whatever. Some of them be, like, eating me up. Like, little <laughs> – be like, call me fr- fruity, blah, 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 blah. Uh, blah, 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 no, this, the Barbie. I don't know. <laughs> the bar- there was a Barbie of you, and I, I felt so bad laughing, but it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're mad funny. They're, they're, they make me laugh. They, they spend time like making these Photoshop. They like images curated a whole thing. They I put know. In a box. They made me a Barbie. They call what they call me. They call me like defund Barbie or something. Like, yeah. The oh my Barbie. god. <laughs> and like the offensive things were like he had a ma- he had like a mask. Yeah. And like a cup like an expensive <laughs> coffee. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, what if they give you a latte, right? Overpriced yeah. latte. It was so silly. I, I, you just said a, something that like triggered me. Uh-huh. And I am obviously from New York, living in mm-hmm. LA, very liberal places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find myself being like kind of more like a middle type person. Mm-hmm. And even like messaging, like, like you're so good at messaging, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If you could change, or would you change that particular slogan? What would you change it to? Defund police, or would you keep it the same? Yeah, I mean, I think we got. And that's a great, great question. I think a lot of people got hung up on defund the police because the right, the right wing did a really good job of of right. The right is good at messaging, um, and Democrats aren't really good at arguing right back. And instead of you know, the defund police movement and what the right was saying was that, you know, Democrats wanted to get rid of, of old police and abolish police. And there is a, a very strong, um, you know, movement of folks who are, are for abolition. Um, but that wasn't what everyone who was supporting the defund the police movement uh, wanted, right? We're so okay in this country with defunding education. We're okay with defunding health care. We're okay with defunding housing. It happens every single year in all of our budgets. But we don't throw that big of a stink about it um, as much as we or as much as the right did uh, when it came to, to policing. What the defund the police movement really was saying was that we wanted to reallocate funds from um, bloated police budgets and reinvest into some of these these other institutions that are are deeply underfunded within our communities. Yeah, I've, I have public schools in my district still without water fountains. Right. It's 2023. 
yet we have a lot, enough money for you know robot dogs in New York City. So calling for you know that money to be reallocated into these pockets of of, of, of our communities, um, I think that's the language I would use more, and that's the language that I've, I I would you know I think maybe would have made people feel a little better. Um, you know, if we reallocated funds from the police part budget and reinvested it into to other other systems that that make our communities safe. Um, I do not like to get caught up in, in the semantics of, of defund the police because I think that um, or at the time I didn't because I felt like it distracted from uh, the overall picture, which was, you know, black death that was happening, you know, in our in our country. But um, I do see how uh, it became more of a controversial word or movement over time. Uh, but at the same time, Democrats should have been better at explaining what it was, um, and instead they cowered and allowed the right to to really um, soak up the conversation and label it as something that it wasn't. Yeah, I yeah. feel like a big part of that as well is that lack of like a, and it's so hard to even word this, but like a like middle grounded progressive Democrat mm -hmm. like. What does that even look like? Because some yeah. people think AOC is extreme. Like they, yeah. they're like she's a socialist, yeah. and so I think she's a lot. I think that, like personally, right? So then, like if AOC is a lot, then like who is the mm -hmm. the next like person in between be her PR. and then like your like standard Democrat? And mm -hmm. I don't think we have that. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And so there's no one to kind of like vocalize what that looks like. Mm -hmm. You're like. Biden Obama era is going to like waver. They're probably not mm -hmm. even going to want to get involved. Mm -hmm. And then like your AOCs of the world, maybe your Bernies of the world, mm -hmm. like some people find them to be so left. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't someone who can almost like translate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where there is a little bit of a hiccup. Totally. And I think honestly, some people that a lean more left don't want to have to explain and they don't mm -hmm. want to have to mm -hmm. like excuse mm -hmm. the language. And so that's where I think mm -hmm. there's a disconnect. Totally. Yeah. I think that in general, like when it comes to, to politics and government and, and things that we should be advocating for to help us, we just need to be speaking to it. Like how we would speak to people when you overcomplicate things and yeah. try to sound too smart or try to refer, refer to theory or Karl Marx, we start to lose people, right? Just, you know, give people the, the truth, right? That's what we want. Um, if people aren't on board with that, then maybe you guys disagree about that. But um, I think we can all agree on the fact that we would like to be getting paid more um, by corporations that we may be working for that are making a big bang for a buck. I think we can all agree with the fact that the rent is too damn high, right? And does not need to be that that high, right? I think we can all agree that climate change is bad and that uh, people who are contributing to it should be doing their, their fair share and reversing some of the effects that are being made. I think talking about, you know, some of these issues that are, are common across, you know, political boundaries um, is what's going to, to unify all of us. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in, in semantics um, or in political ideological structures, which holds us back from actually getting to where we need to be. All I'm going to say is McCarthyism and the 50s and 60s did a number on our society as totally. we think about communism and cooperative totally. economics. And it's oh fucking crazy <laughs> because <laughs> the minute you're like Marx, people are like, ah! ah totally. <laughs> the red <rest, yeah. laughs> 
And I'm like, it's 2023, and I just paid ninety dollars uh, for three packs of birth control. Seriously, Let me like, get some access to healthcare, motherfuckers. They'd be like, there's um, there's there's bread lines and food lines in communist countries, and like I have a food distribution every single Wednesday outside of my office. Like, we're we're, we're all we're all going through it. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's something else. Um, before we let you go, we'd love to know what does the future look like? And I know that's hard to say as a politician, but from what you feel comfortable sharing, where you've kind of had like envisions of future chi. The future for me. Oh, um, oh my oh, God. Oh yeah, sorry. Your no, political not the world. Child, it's going to crash I don't know. I, I love my job. I, I'm, I was just reflecting about this the other day. I was thinking like one of those moments where I was like, I am so at peace with how things are right now in my life. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I've had a very crazy past five years, as I'm sure many people have. I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing right now. And even a year ago from now, I was still figuring out my bearings of this job. And finally, like, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I'm good at what I'm doing. I'm being myself in what I'm doing. Um, and I really just want to focus on, on, on getting some of the, the, the issues that I want to see passed. Um, I want to get those passed, right? This, this broker fee bill, uh, which would require that whoever hires a broker will pay a broker fee. I want to see that get passed. I'm working on legislation that would create a four-day work week so that every single weekend is a three-day weekend because how the hell did we evolve from microorganisms in a hot soup just to be working for a majority of our lives, right? Mm. I want to create solutions in the role that I'm currently in that will better the lives of, of people like myself, people that I love, and the community that I represent. Um, I really want to be focused on the job that I have at hand. Um, of course, that's such a political answer because I know that many politicians are always yeah. looking ahead in the future, but I think that distracts an individual from really doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. And I believe you, actually. Right. Yeah, I know. I feel like that was very genuine. Yeah. Please tell the people um, where to follow you, um, how to engage with you, any of your constituents, things you have going on so they can be tapped in. Yes, follow me on social media on Instagram at Chi Ose, C-H-I-O-S-S-E. Twitter at Ose Chi, O-S-S-E-C-H-I. We're not calling that X, it's Twitter still. And <laughs> I'm on TikTok at Chi4NYC, Chi the number 4NYC. I love Amazing. That. Thank well, you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. You're doing my, amazing my, things. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are too. You're the voices of a of our generation. You must say they're millennials, <laughs> right? You're like oh, they're. Uh, uh. <laughs> what would you do? Okay, so this was sent to us. Hey BGT, I'm so excited to hear all of your different opinions on this one because I know it's going to be spicy. My man of five years is headed to a bachelor trip with friends, and they are a rowdy group. I already told him what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas within reason, and he gets it. Where his foolish ass messed up is by telling his friends he has a quote-unquote hall pass. They then told their girlfriends slash wives, and the ladies now have an attitude with me (laughs) and feel I shouldn't have opened up that can of worms. My reply was that this is my man, not yours. 
I'm still trying to patch things up with the friend group. We have multiple weddings next year and I don't want drama, but I also stand beside. I said what I said. How would you handle this much love? Yeah. As soon as you said that, she said, I told my man what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I was like, that's just a strange comment to me. Some people do move like that in their relationships, though. No? Yeah. But to me. For me, mm-hmm. it's a strange comment. Like, sure, I get, it's not strange if that's for their dynamic. Or swingers. If that's their dynamic, that's their dynamic. I find it interesting that the, the the girlfriends are mad at her. Like, that's how they move in their relationship. He should have never been talking shit, but obviously he was going to say something to his friends. Right. But then yeah, that I also, think... like, nobody's going to want their, man, their men on a trip with this man who's, like, saying he could do whatever he wants. That's what it is. You know? It's like, really? it, it, it makes the dynamic strange. Like, if y'all do, if your man's doing a trip with his single boys or his friends, whatever, but like, don't bring that shit around us. But it's like a mixed bag, no? Like, you can have a bachelor trip where people are married, where people are open, where people are single, and you still have to like move according to what your situation is. Really, yeah, I agree. No, yeah, that's what you should do. But right. I think if I, that's what you should do, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think if I found out that I was friends with, like, if I found out that I was, fr- that my man was friends with someone who just like cheated all the time. Oh, I'm no longer going to be no. wanting him to be around that person. That's not me saying that my yeah. man's going to all of a sudden start cheating, but like, I don't really fuck with that lifestyle. So that's not what I want my person to be around. Similarly, I could understand in a group of married people or people in like serious relationships mm-hmm. why I wouldn't want my man with someone who's like, oh, I'm in Vegas. I get a hall pass. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm running around trying to find some pussy on this trip. Like, okay, I don't really need my man with you. That's so interesting. I'm going to take a step back. You will probably not be invited to the trips anymore. Wow. If he's really running around, like, abusing it and being like that, like, maybe he's not doing, like, doing the most, right? Like, maybe he knows, like, if something comes his way, it does. But if he's, like, being intentionally, like, you know, doing the most... That's a little bit concerning. But I, I think ultimately what you said earlier, Chelsea, the hope is that everybody just abides by whatever their dynamic is within their relationship. Yeah. And if you trust your partner and like that is your thing, then what this other person is doing should not mm-hmm. impact what your man is doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I find yeah. it interesting yeah, that I the girls are upset. I think that's the hope. And if Glenn, if you're still speaking, you froze. <laughs> I think that's the hope. And also that's what I would expect to happen. But it just like, it just like changes the dynamic. Like, Hmm. Similarly, like if I'm going out and I know one of my friends is just like, just she just be wilding, and like she's just gonna have like a bunch of, I don't know. It just changes the dynamic. Hmm. I wouldn't be mad at this person, but I would just be like, oh, noted. I mean, we all know I, I don't care, but. You know, it's George Bush over here. Don't ask, don't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to know. You don't need to know. Right. Obviously, don't be like wildin', like hiring hookers and like being, you guys, hookers. But like, you know, don't wild out within reason, within reason. Like, go have a little fun. You're at the strip club. 
Next thing you know, your dick is getting sucked. Oh, well, you know, put on a condom, call it a day. Yeah, also in a group setting with a bunch of couples, I don't really believe in what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Someone's going to tell their boy, one of the men is going to be pillow talking with his girl. Then everybody's going to know that you're going to get cheated on you. You're going to be looking stupid. This is true. And that's embarrassing, unless you don't Mm. care. Well, that's the thing. But it's not going to be what happens. Maybe that's why, like, the girls are kind of like, what the fuck? Because now it's gotten back to them. Um, It just seems messy. Like, enjoy your boys. It can make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Do your dirt when you're by yourself or with your. But where's the fine line? Like, your single friends. Right. With, like, the the bachelor parties, because I feel like, I mean, at least. The shit that I've seen at bachelor parties in Vegas, it get, it can get a little. Woo. How old are these people, and are they black? I mean, this was in my twenties, and this was a a, a, a a it ran the gamut. It ran the gamut. I'd be hanging out <laughs> with gentlemen at at the club. Next thing I know, we're at the strip club. Next thing I know, I'm in a car. They're all married. They're all doing Mm-mm-mm. things. <laughs> Yeah. Also, strip clubs are very different to me than a bitch at the bar. You this is true. This is like true. It's a strip club. Yeah. It's the show. It's entertainment. Mm. The things that I have seen, child, I have seen some <laughs> things. That's why I'm just like, oh, do your dirt, have your fun, and just don't be stupid. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't really tell her what to do. I mean, listen. It I mean, you already is. made your bed. Yeah, you. <laughs> you could try to patch it up if you want to. Um, they're probably just not your tribe. Yeah, oh, it also depends on how you close you are with these girls. Like, if they're just like your boyfriends, friends, girlfriends, I get that. You keep it cordial and like whatever. Listen, everybody to each his own. Yeah, but I. Shade doesn't agree with me, but I definitely can see why they're now looking at you sideways. You invite a mess into the group. We don't like mess. But is it mess? It was messy of the man to tell his friends. Exactly. He's already displaying the type of person he is. Not only does he want a hall pass, but he's going to tell all his friends and brag like, hey guys, I have a hall pass. Like he's he's not He's not low key. It's not like... Hey, me, between me and my woman, like, this is the status of our relationship. This is what we do. If something happens, it's going to happen. Why do you need to announce that to everyone? Yeah, that, that, that's where you like kind of messed weird. up. Maybe he was trying to preempt, like, if anything went down. But I feel like there's a different way to go about that. Yeah, it's more so, like, if something does go down and your homies are, like, which I would hope they would be, Looking like. Looking at you sideways. Yeah, yeah, like, bro, you have a girl at home. You could be, like, oh our relationship style is different and like mm-hmm, that's okay for mm-hmm. us but like to like yeah it, it, it seems like he's a little weird to me that's why he got fucked up well whatever <laughs> <laughs> best of luck chelsea you want to take us out Good luck. Um, follow us on everything at black girls texting our episodes come out every wednesday um that's Wednesday with a W. And also follow... I know, there's only... Anyways. Um, look at the YouTube. You know, just play it so you can see us and see our 
baby hairs and our eyebrows on video. Um, yeah. Send us your what would you do's. We can also, a lot of people email them at hello at black girls texting, but we are also happy to um, get DMs. Uh, so however you want to do that. And also we're on TikTok now. So interact with those videos. We're trying to learn TikTok. Love you for listening. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.